the pastor's heart. I'm Dominic Steele, and what a significant week in the landscape of the Anglican Church of Australia. Here in Sydney, we've seen the first presidential address at the First Synod since COVID by our new Archbishop Kanishka Rafal as he stamped his leadership on the diocese. And really, wow, inspirational, amazing. Do you see the crowds, Archbishop Raffel asked. Again and again, he pointed the heads and hearts, the minds and hearts of the leaders of the churches of Sydney to the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ, and particularly the momentous task ahead of what to do about the massive population boom in the southwest of Sydney, surrounding the Oran Park Greenfields areas, where we're going to need to buy 30 fields for it'll be too expensive and too late to purchase that church land when all the houses have moved in. Members of Senate, do you see the crowds? I've invited you to Oran Park in southwestern Sydney so that you can stand in this part of our diocese to see the new communities that are coming into existence as we meet. I hope uh, many of you took the opportunity earlier today to have a Greenfields tour, to drive around this area. I hope you drove along the perimeter of the Nancy Bird Walton Airport site, which takes quite a while to pass, where 28,000 people will one day soon be employed. I hope you looked out the windows of the buses across the rolling green paddocks and empty fields at the places which will become suburbs inhabited by tens of thousands of new residents. As we heard on the bus, as I hope you've uh, picked up through the day so far, the population of Greater Sydney uh, is projected to grow by 800,000 people in the next 20 years and another 2.4 million in the 20 years after that. In 40 years, From now, there'll be nearly 3.5 million more people in Sydney. The Bradfield LGA, where the new airport will be located, will have a population of 300,000 in 2036, 14 years from now. And as of today, the closest churches are 20 kilometres away or so at Hoxton Park or Leppington or Oran Park or Glenmore Park. That would be like having one church between Parramatta and Chatswood, between Miranda and Marrickville, between Hurstville and Cabramatta. Members of Synod, do you see the crowds? Can you see the crowds here in Oran Park? People who are building homes and planning to move into this area in the next five and 10 and 20 years. Can you see in your mind's eye as we saw this morning, the ranks of houses upon houses that are going to be built in the places where today we have seen green paddocks. And inside these homes, people seeking, as we heard from our preacher, new life, people with hungry hearts. Do you see the crowds? We are Sydney Anglicans. From the arrival of Richard Johnson with the First Fleet, we have said that we will have concern for the people of this land to hear the gospel of the kingdom. And 
not just the Archbishop's address, but what an encouraging and uplifting and inspiring day it was. Bus tours around the construction of the new Southwest Sydney Airport, where in just a few years, perhaps four years, 10 million people are expected to fly in and out. Um, I was on my way home on Saturday night when I received a text, and this is the other significant event in the Anglican Church of Australia this weekend, a text from my friend Peter Judge Mears, the Senior Minister of St John's Wishart in Brisbane, letting me know that on Sunday that would be the moment when his church family would be processing news that he was resigning as rector to become the leader of the second Anglican parish of the new diocese of the Southern Cross, Southside Anglican in Brisbane. Peter is on the line from Brisbane. And Peter, can we start with your pastor's heart? Because I'm imagining it's been a highly emotional week. I'll be honest, Dominic, it's been a highly emotional two months. Ever since uh, we had our synod as a diocese, I've been wrestling with a, 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 the sense of growing um with the need to separate uh, from the diocese. I've been in a lot of conversations with the diocese, with the archbishop. But in making a decision like that, that's a decision that then affects a community in my church as uh, some people are seeing things the same way others are not. That's tearing a church apart. And it's also causing a division between me and a lot of friends built up over 14 years of working in a diocese. Uh, it's been a very, very hard couple of months. Uh, at the same time, as I've been wrestling through this, our church has felt like it's been on hold, uh, like, like we've hit a pause button, and that mission of the church has just been um, kind of hijacked. And one of my prayers coming out of such an emotional weekend is that we can take that pause button off and that as a community, well, in the end, as two communities, we can get back to the task we love, which is proclaiming the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Mm. Well, let's go back to that. Um, I mean, I've described it as a hand grenade address by the Archbishop of Brisbane, Philip and Aspinall. Um, You've described it um, uh, using the adjectives hurtful, hypocritical and hateful. Um, what did you mean by those three words? I, I, I said it was hurtful because um, I found the talk of being comprehensive and the reality of what it's like to be an evangelical in uh, in our diocese and in the reality that is increasingly in pl been in place have, have been quite divergent. Um, there hasn't been that. It, it, it just seems strange. Uh, I called it hypocritical because the, the Archbishop um, attacked some views and, and, and approaches to things that are, are rife within our own diocese. He, he, he called out in others. Um, I, I guess I felt like he was, he was trying to pull a speck out of his brother's eye while not dealing with a log in his own. Um, and I called it hateful because he spent 50% of his address uh, attacking another diocese, which I thought was um, honestly a waste of time and a waste of an opportunity to call people to mission. Uh, all the more hurtful because um, 
I've got friends in that diocese. <laughs> I'm speaking to one right now. I've got family in that diocese. I, and I know that the, the caricature of that diocese that has been going around our diocese is unjustified, unhelpful, and hurtful. Hateful. Now, um, your conversations with the Archbishop, uh, has there been any moderation of views, any kind of um, softening of position? There hasn't been a softening of position. I've got, I've got to say the Archbishop has given me a lot of time. He has been very gracious. Um, we've had uh, quite extensive communication, and that's been that that hasn't um, that hasn't been a, uh, cont- a, a, a an aggressive thing. That has been a very gentle conversation, but um, but it hasn't featured a, any kind of softening of his position, uh, particularly his position around the place of the scriptures. Um, so what is his position and, and, on the place of the scriptures as he's communicated them to you? Well, I guess the big one was the, using uh, a quote by uh, William Loder. He said that the key to us being comprehensive was to see that the, the biblical presuppositions no longer stand and therefore the moral rules based on those presuppositions and rationale no longer must be regarded as prescriptive. So, so the Bible's instruction doesn't need to be taken as in any way um, something from God. Mm. So he's moved at that point. Uh, it is a human act that we can take or leave and re- rework for our own. Now, he doesn't quite put it in that way. He would want to nuance that differently. Um, but in our conversations, I'm not convinced that that's not his position. So at that point, you'd say... He's moved a long way from the theology, well, the theology of the Bible, from Archbishop Cramner, from the Book of Common Prayer, from the 39 Articles, from historic Anglicanism and historic Christianity. Uh, in, my, um, in my final le- letter to him uh, announcing my, my resignation, I said that I felt that the, the diocese had moved away from Anglican theology to such an extent that I was being asked to choose between being theologically Anglican and part of the diocese. Right. And it has felt for you, I mean, I was just reflecting on that passage in Matthew 12, um, where brother will be against brother, brother-in-law against brother-in-law, father against son. Because um, it's felt painful because you've had, you've, in a sense, had to choose between your Lord Jesus and your friends. Absolutely. I, I want to say, um, even amongst the bishops of our diocese, they're mates. And that, this, that makes it hard. It makes it really hard. Uh, they're people who uh, I value the relationship with. I've, I've enjoyed a relationship with. But this growing distance is is something that... We're not walking together. We, I mean, not. Archbishop Welby says we can walk together, mm. but he, he's clearly wrong. Uh, one of the things that the Anglican Church has had, one of the geniuses, I think, of the Anglican Church, I, I like the fact that it is centre-aligned. That is, that there is a set of... Um, doctrines and, and, and beliefs that we, we hold in the scriptures, in the 39 articles, in the Book of Common Prayer, around which we can gather with our difference. And, and by affirming that center, we can, um, we can work within the differences that exist around that. And the problem is once you take away the scriptures, which lie at the heart of the 39 articles in the Book of Common Prayer, once, once you 
drive a wedge in between the church and the scriptures, you also drive a wedge in, in between. It, you take away the glue that helps a diverse church actually be together. So the thing that enabled us to enjoy that relationship together has been attacked. Uh, and that really hurts. You were telling me a couple of weeks ago that there are two clear views within St. John's Wishart. Some who are, if you like, have been ready to move a while ago and some who are saying, I'm not sure this is the right way to go right now. Is yeah, that- yeah, yeah, possibly two, possibly more. Um, so there are those who've looked at what the at the things from the diocese, and they've said, look, that is not something that we can um, continue with any longer. Um, uh, mine was actually not the first resignation in the in the parish. There are there are those who've gone before and said we cannot continue in this diocese. There are others who are saying if we leave the diocese, our voice and our ability to engage in those discussions is removed, and that's not a that's not um, a view to be uh, dismissed. Uh, there's still a third group who sit there and say, well, the diocese in a sense, are a long way away from the experience of day-to-day Christians in an Anglican church. And as they gather, they who, just want to get on Who cares what work. those bishops do out there? Yeah. Because yeah. you're able to exercise effective gospel ministry in your patch. That's the one. And, and, and this is a place... Uh, where we have gathered the resources to do so, where the, where there is long history and memory of doing so. Um, it's the feeling at St. John's is of a congregation being torn. Mm. So, yeah, to take us to church yesterday, what happened? Um, so I... Uh, I announced my resignation via – I wanted everybody to know it firsthand, so I sent it out by email on, on Saturday um, so that people would get that firsthand, and then I repeated it in the from the, the lectern at each of our services. Um, and there were mixes of reactions. Uh, I, I've, people came to me and said, look, I'm, I'm on, honestly, I've been feeling angry. Others, others are feeling relieved. Um, still others are just sad. Mm-hmm. Um, the What's the feeling in the staff team? Because it's not just you. It's not just me, no. Um, so uh, our community chaplain, Michelle, um, she's, she has chosen to stay, to, to work within, to, to be part of uh, the, 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 that structure. Um, and that is something that she is... Uh, that she is happy to do, and I'm I'm really glad that for the people who are going to remain at St John's, that she's going to be there to work with them. Um, obviously, a, a a locum is going to have to be appointed from from the diocese, but but the fact that that there's some continuity there and she can keep working with them is great. Um, so there's there's mixed feelings in even amongst the staff team uh, as, as we talk together. Um, the great thing is we are together because what we care about is the cause of the gospel and the people who we have uh, leadership over. And the fact that we've come to some slightly different conclusions about what our role in that in this is actually helps us to then care for that community. And I guess what we're seeing playing out in your context is the, converse, the, the comment that Jay Bean made um, the, uh, when he said a couple of years ago, the principle's really clear 
but the application is cloudy. You know, oh, yeah. it, it, oh, yeah. we're going to make different decisions on how to apply this principle. Yeah. Um, what happens for you, and I take it a significant number of the St. John's Wish Art people going forward? So we're going to be gathering as uh, as a new church, um, the Southern Cross Anglican um, Uh, our big thing is Southern Cross Anglican Church Southside, uh, but we shorthand it to Southside Anglican. It's the other one's a mouthful. Um, <laughs> and so as we go forward with that, um, initially, look, we're just going to meet together. We're going to study the Bible. We're going to get back onto the mission of the Lord Jesus. Um, there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of work to do in um, in negotiating how that works forward, how that works forward in a way that is um, uh, is effective, uh, and we're doing that work. Um, but it does mean, you know, we're not uh, going to be hitting the ground with a massive fanfare. We're not. Um, uh, I mean, beyond what is necessitated by <laughs> the fact that this is a, a dramatic. Uh, turn of events, but um, we want to just get people together, study the Bible, uh, and look towards next year at, at doing something a little bit more uh, loud and vocal. So, um, last service at St John's this coming Sunday. This coming Sunday, we're doing a combined service together so that we we can be one uh, as as at, at that at the last, I guess. Um, uh, uh, that's going to be a pretty special time. We're, we've actually moved it to the afternoon so that we can have dinner together afterwards um, and and be together as much as we can. Then you're taking two weeks leave. Yep. And then, yep. then which sounds like you're new. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> when does the new church start? So the new church will start at 4 p.m. on, uh, on the 2nd of October, um, meeting in the... Um, the showgrounds at Mount Cravat. Um, it's uh, a great facility. It puts us in a community context uh, because, in the end, we, we don't just want to be a church that exists to, you know, the 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 issues around the creation of this church cannot be the things that then dominate its life. We can't be the church who walked out of the diocese of Southern Queensland. That that would be an ugly thing. We want to be a church who exists to reach out into our community with the gospel of the Lord Jesus. A couple of weeks ago, we heard news that Philip Aspinall is resigning as Archbishop of Brisbane. Um, did that make you pause? Did you think, well, will I stay in Brisbane without Aspinall? Life could be better for Bible people such as myself. Uh, it certainly made me think, but in the end, my, my conflict wasn't a personal conflict with, with Philip Aspinall. In fact, um, uh, we've always got on really well. Um, the theology that the Archbishop put forward in his address was a clarifying of a theology that is uh, throughout our diocese. It's the sort of thing that's being taught in, 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 in our um, theological colleges. It's a distancing of Christianity, uh, of what they say is, it, it, it's a distancing between Christian life and the scriptures, and that that is a distancing that I 
uh, that I can't stand with, no matter who is leading that context. Uh, it, it's, a, it's an approach that is a, a, across our diocese that, uh, in the end, I, I, I paused, I thought, I considered, and then thought, no, uh, I, I think I'm still, uh, I think I still need to leave. Which I take it means you don't see hope for reform in the Brisbane Diocese? Uh, no. I think that the creation of the Diocese of the Southern Cross is a tragedy. It is a tragedy for the Anglican Church. And our prayer, our constant prayer, is that through wrestling with this stuff, and if, if, if my hope is that in doing what we've done, there may be a... Um, a new place for wrestling with what was not being wrestled with, uh, that that there might come the day when, uh, I, you know, I would love to think that the two churches of the Diocese of the Southern Cross were all that ever existed because the Anglican Church pulls back from where it's going. Um, I mean, the, there could be repentance on behalf of the Synod of Brisbane um, or they could provide alternative Episcopal oversight. Um, there are things that could be done um, yeah. that the bishops could lead uh, to say, but if they're not going to do anything and they're just going to continue to throw hand grenades, then we're going to continue to see people gradually make the kind of decisions that you've made. Is that your read? Yeah, that is my read. I, I'm, I'm seeing a, a, a realisation, I suppose, of the seriousness uh, it, 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 at work in our diocese, which is, which is why I pull back from saying I don't see hope. I, in my discussions with the bishops, I'm seeing a realization that this is this is serious and it is something that needs discussion. But when I see things coming out from uh, the Bishop of Newcastle, who is um, really going after anybody who was even at the GAFCON conference, uh, it, it it does leave me wondering what the life of our Anglican Church is going to be like if, if aggressive sta- stances take uh, like that are taken and if our diocese should choose to follow suit, then we will see a, a, a widening um, and, a, and an increasingly um, a, a, an increasing conviction that there isn't hope and that the only resolution is going to be uh, to leave for more and more people. Um, my hope is that actually by leaving we can close that door. Um, but I, yeah, I'm not seeing that in some places at this point. Have you heard from revisionist ministers that they thought that um, uh, Aspinall's hand grenade address was at least poor in tone? I have heard from across our diocese um, people who felt very uncomfortable with what uh, the Archbishop said, very uncomfortable, and people who felt very uncomfortable by the changes we made to faithfulness in service. Um, in, in, in our synod, we removed the idea that um, licensed uh, church workers need to actually be faithful in marriage or chaste in singleness. And that really puts everything onto the table. Uh, it, 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 it puts adultery back onto the okay list.
which is an appalling thing. And, and those that those moves from our synod have caused ripples that aren't only amongst uh, evangelicals at all. Uh, that they go across the board, and my prayer is that they will see a need to pull back from that. Well, thank you very much for sharing your story, and uh, we wish you well as you attempt to preach Christ um, on the south side of Brisbane, and uh, we do pray for report, reform and repentance uh, from the leadership of the Brisbane Anglican Church. Um, thanks for talking to us today on The Pastor's Heart. Thanks, Dominic. My, my guest on The Pastor's Heart. The Reverend Peter Judge Mears, until this weekend, the Senior Minister of St John's Wishart in Brisbane, and from the 2nd of October, the founding pastor of Southside Anglican, the Second Congregation of the Diocese of the Southern Cross. You've been with us on The Pastor's Heart, and we'll look forward to your company next week. Hey, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you could hop over to the Apple Podcasts app and give us a rating and review. That helps us in the rankings and lets other people discover the pastor's heart. And again, if you are able to help us out by being a financial partner, go to our Patreon link, patreon.com slash the pastor's heart.